Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hi, I'm John McEnroe. I'm Bjorn Borg. This is Martina Navratilova. I'm Mats Wilander. I'm Stan Wawrinka. I'm Leighton Hewitt. I'm Andy Murray. This is John Weir, and you're listening to the Tennis Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Tennis Podcast, brought to you in association with The Telegraph and with Eurosport. I am Catherine Whitaker, returned from my podcast hiatus. I'm joined by David Law, but more importantly, the dulcet tones you heard in our intro there were those of Mr. John Weir, who very touchingly bought his wife Leah a guest editorship as part of our Kickstarter campaign for her birthday. It was a surprise for quite a long time, but it is now no longer a surprise. Leah is very much aware of the great, great honour that has been bestowed on her uh, by her lovely husband, John, who incidentally... Uh, gives me the opportunity to mention our podcast prediction standings because John lies in a very respectable joint seventh after one Grand Slam event of the year with 1,119 points. Um, I'm just scrolling. I'm scrolling. Bear with me while I scroll to find where David Law is. I'm still scrolling. I'm scrolling. 19th. 19th out of 26, and I'll just have to scroll back the other way. Incidentally, Wayne Ferreira, 22. Um, so I'm ahead of someone. <laughs> I'll have to do a lot of scrolling back in the opposite direction, David, to find... Uh, to find. Oh, who's that Who's that at the top there? Is that Catherine Whittaker? Goodness me. Yeah, welcome I'm back. I'm glad I came back to this point. So am I. Um, yeah, I don't recognise you without a massive, great big puffer jacket and a furry hat on. <laughs> I don't recognise myself anymore, David. I don't know what I've become other than that I've aged about 15 years <laughs> in the time since I was last on this podcast or how last live on the podcast. Goodness, so many people have asked me in the last week, how was the Olympics? And I just don't have a pithy answer for it. I feel like saying, well, how long have you got? You know, have you got an hour for me to... Um, describe every single emotion that I experienced during that time. I've got um, 28 seconds. 28 seconds. It was sort of um, the most challenging thing I've ever done. Wonderful in many ways, but I'm quite glad it's over. <laughs> I'm quite glad it's over and that I'm home. It was incredibly challenging and amazing, but it's nice to be home. I enjoyed the dress code change from Australia when you were in Sydney, uh, leaving at 30 plus degrees Celsius and landing to minus 25. Particularly enjoyed that. Minus 25. I have officially done broadcasting in minus 25 degrees, David. I'll never be the same again. You didn't look too happy about that bit. (laughs) Hey, I did when I was on air. She did a splendid job, everybody. Let's just say that. And now I know all about the doubles luge, so Mary Carrillo and I can talk away about the doubles luge to our heart's content. Still don't understand what is It's one bloke on or woman lying on top of another bloke or woman, um, always bloke and bloke and woman and woman, and if you've ever seen doubles luge, you'll understand why, um, while they uh, hurtle down a, an icy hill on a tea tray together. I see. Right. Uh, I won't try that. I don't yeah, think they've got I don't know how they decide enough. who has to be the underneath one. It's ref- that is really the short story. It's like being the um, the back end of a pantomime donkey. <laughs> <laughs> is there a height limit on the doubles luge or any luge? I don't think there's a, a limit. I'm not I mean, sure it you- would be sort of human rights-wise legal for them to place a limit on it. It, it, it. Sliding athletes tend to be quite tall. Where would you put Ivo Karlovic on a tray, though? I mean, would you have to get like an... An extra big tray. I believe there are standardisations on on tray size. Right. 
So, so I'm not sure he could secure himself as sort of... Um, well, he'd be on like a stretcher, wouldn't he? Right. OK. <laughs> there we are. I'd, I'd pop him underneath, though. Yeah. If, you know, I if see. we're deciding who's top and bottom. A bit like one, bottom of, those, bunk for Evo. A bit like one of those sort of multi-tiered wedding cakes where you have yeah, to have the big Evo, one at the bottom. You're, he's, uh, yeah, I'm sure he's used to being on the bottom bunk. Right. OK. Right then, tennis though. I've been dying to talk about tennis for a month now and somehow we've ended up talking about the doubles luge and it's all my fault. Um, but we are back, David, uh, reunited at the Putney Exchange to talk Hooray. about tennis. Hooray! Hooray! Um, I'm very sorry uh, for my absence. David did a sterling job of keeping you all informed about the tennis world uh, while I was gone. We hope you enjoyed uh, our couple of Q&A shows, more of those coming uh, but we have actual live tennis news and results to talk about uh, thank you tennis world for providing material for my first podcast back not least the itf for dropping their big big bombshell of proposed davis cup changes as they did last week and for the tennis world with responding to them <laughs> with such strength of emotion i mean i knew that davis cup um, provoked strength of emotion but you, I've been taken aback I really have yes. been taken aback by the, the strength of responses um, and we'll come on to those uh, very much so in due course but just to to bring you up to date because it, it's it's pretty complex isn't it because it involves Gerard Piquet the footballer when it all first came out I thought is there another Gerard Piquet? Is there a Gerard Piquet in, in, in tennis? Is, or is this the, the very same Gerard Piquet, Mr. Shakira Gerard Piquet? And it turns out it is the, the, the one and same. Barcelona defender. <laughs> Barcelona defender Gerard Piquet, um, who is ploughing, uh, or his company uh, is ploughing some billions uh, into... Three billion. Three billion. I had heard 2.6, but I think once you're into the billions, uh, the matter of... Uh, 400 million is 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 mere change i quite like exaggerating anyway as you know um so he has plowed uh three billion let's you know let's call the whole thing off three billion uh into a collaboration with the itf and the proposal of the world cup of tennis a 16 team single location tournament played over 10 days um as a replacement to the Davis Cup, as a substitute um, to the Davis Cup. He has a whole lot of support. Um, he uh, is going to be meeting with all sorts of uh, people, Chris Commode, um, to discuss the proposals. And, um, yeah, Andy Murray supports him. Novak Djokovic supports him, although has made clear that he's not in business with Gerard Piquet because I think there was some suggestion that Djokovic had some sort of investment or stake in the whole thing, and he's very much denied that. Nadal has supported it. Federer said nothing because he's very diplomatic. I wonder whether he'll be able to hold out from saying anything in India Mills. Traditionally, Federer is quite good at holding out, saying anything. Um, it's quite something, isn't it? It's a, it? And we understand it. I mean, it has to be voted on by the board later in the year uh, at the official AGM, but we understand that it is endorsed by the ITF board members. Yes, although they would need all the federations that make up that vote to, to vote two-thirds in favour of it in order for it to go through and that's what they tried to do last year with a number of changes such such as three set dub, um, Davis Cup rubbers um, and one or two other changes as well and they fell just short and it didn't happen so it's still very much in the balance in that regard you mentioned Chris Commode there Gerard Piquet uh, initially met with Chris we understand and this was one of the proposals being put forward for a, a potential World Team Cup on the ATP side and it does appear that PK has basically taken his money, his funds, his support, his ideas, and met with the, with the ITF about the Davis Cup. And there's somebody in this room who really doesn't like the ideas. <laughs> he said there was strength uh, of feeling. Gerard PK doesn't like that little chap over there just behind me. Not happy at all. Uh, getting his views in very early. And fact is that the Davis Cup is where he's gone with his proposal. They have certainly said, yeah, we like that idea, let's do it. And they immediately stuck out a press release to say so. And that that was the interesting thing for me, is that that dropped and it read as though this is something we're going to do. It did. And it's just subject to it being voted through. And when you then started to drill down to the detail and get some of the reaction and hear from the federations, there's there's a significant number of people that are against this. And 
this is no stroll to this happening whatsoever. This is going to be very close, I think. It sounds like he did a kind of Dragon's Den type thing, Gerard Piquet, except that he didn't need money. He needed, you know, expertise and, and the gravitas of a, a governing body. You know, he, 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 he shopped his idea around. He said, I've got three billion. I've got the idea. Who wants it? Who, wa- who wants to fight for me? Uh, and uh, the ITF and David Haggerty... Um, yeah sayeth I very strongly I there are lots of people that sayeth nay though well what was interesting was and I'll hold my hands up here when I read the the press release I was sitting in a place not dissimilar to where we're talking right now with lots of children around and lots of uh, activity including my two own children who were uh, let's just say uh, making life difficult for me to concentrate on the contents of this press release but I still read it and I was I would say, in hindsight, perhaps a little too hasty to immediately uh, say on Twitter that I thought that this sounded like a great idea because it sounded so similar to what was our conclusion to the Labour Cup show that we did coming out of that, which is let's make the Davis Cup a bit more like this, have it in a single place, have a big celebration, have uh, all of the the eyes of the world on it uh, at the same time and make it the fifth slam. That's that's what it sounded like to me on the, on the uh, the release, and I would still stand by quite a large portion of that because because I do think it's a great idea. I do think there is a problem with Davis Cup as it currently is. I tell you what, I don't think I've ever received such a an immediate groundswell of opposition on Twitter to anything that I've that I've said over the last ten years as as that. There, there were dozens and people who just said. What are you talking about? You're going to ruin Davis Cup. There's so many of us tennis fans who cannot go to one place in the world for for this team competition. We love the home and away aspect of it. We love being able to support our team in Great Britain's case, in Glasgow, for instance. I don't get to see tennis affordably. This is my chance. Nothing in tennis is like the Davis Cup. Why would you ruin it that way? I tell you, there were so many people who felt like that. And whilst, I mean, I, I, I do lament that if, if the home and away element is gone forever, tennis will lose something unique, something special, because there's nothing like it in the sport, absolutely nothing. And we've talked about the, the doubles rubber and, and how special it is and how exciting it is and how... I think Mike Dixon said some of the best moments in his 25 years of covering tennis have been Davis Cup ties. That doesn't take away from the fact that there is something problematic with that system. The fact that so many top players feel that they, once they've won it, are not going to bother trying to win it again because it's too much hassle. Uh, One of the people I spoke to um, a couple of days ago was Marin Cilic had a, quite a long interview with him it's, a sh- it's one we're going to make into a separate tennis podcast in the next couple of days because we haven't really got time to play it all here but the gist is that he was supportive of this new idea and, and, and pretty vociferous about it as well the, the fact is on a local level Davis Cup works it's exciting in those two countries um, it's great to be in the stadium but the rest of the world is not taking any notice of it. And that is a massive problem. It's occupying four weeks during the year. And if you win it, you're playing it again, what, six weeks later? I mean, it's a problem. It doesn't work. It doesn't get the sort of eyeballs on it that it should. It's not the fifth slam. And that's what it needs to be. So I don't quite know how you get the best of both worlds, but obviously in an ideal world, that's what you'd be trying to do. Of course, but the, the fact is you can't have everything. Can you? you cannot have your cake and eat it. And, um, yeah, for some people, the loss of that, the home and away aspect of it is too price or high to pay no matter what. Um, and as you say, you've cited Mike Dixon, you know, I share his feeling, you know, it was there recording the atmosphere um, at the final and it's... As I kept on saying, you know, it's like nothing else I've ever experienced. But there's going to be a price on reform. I think reform is is necessary. Um, And if that's the price, so be it. I'm not necessarily saying every aspect of what's being proposed um, is the right thing to do. I'm sure changes will be being made um, around the edges. I think it's fantastic that there's um, someone... 
you know, an organisation, people want to invest in both time, energy and money into the Davis Cup and into keeping it relevant. I think that's great. I think it's desperately sad that the Fed Cup is being completely ignored in all of this. Yeah. Um, it's a point that Anki Othervong has made, plenty of others as well. Still not enough people. I mean, it seems to me so obvious to make it a joint Fed and Davis Cup um, uh, venture. Um, but as is so often the case, um, and I'm sure economic reasons may or may not be cited if, if the question is ever posed to the right people, and, and you know how I feel about that argument, but the Fed Cup, which ironically is in more desperate need of, of reform, in my belief, in terms of its its structure and its organisation, um, is just being completely left out in the cold in, in all of this. The you know the final bullet point of the of the proposed changes um, is uh, a review of Junior Davis Cup and Fed Cup, including pe- potential benefits of introducing new age group events. I mean that's pretty pathetic for me in terms of neglect of the Fed Cup. But you know maybe there's only time and energy for you know pick your battles one at a time so i'll give them the benefit of the doubt for the moment and hope that you know fed cup reform um is coming um and uh yeah you you mentioned marin chilich there's there's plenty of other um response just as strong as his i mean you have uh yannick noah who just i mean pretty emotive words from him um on Twitter in French but obviously translated um, widely what a sadness uh, this is the death of the Davis Cup um, he said Yevgeny Kefelnikov um, uh, uh, agrees he said we both dedicated ourselves for this not to happen that's something he said uh, Yannick no he said they've sold the soul of a history a historic competition. Sorry, Mr. Davis, is what Yannick Noah says. The Belgian Federation um, have said um, resolutely and uh, and unequivocally that they will vote against, which is very interesting. You know, a lot can change. I'm sure there'll be a lot of lobbying in the next few months. It's, yeah. it's several months away, that vote, but for them to be coming out and saying that, you know, not just sharp and take a breath, them to say absolutely, definitely will vote against is... Um, is pretty strong. Um, yeah, I mentioned Anki Othervong's reaction. I, I'd like more to, to reflect that, but we'll see Andy Roddick is in favour. That's interesting. He always um, takes the time to look at the detail of these things, doesn't he? He says, my understanding that there's still uh, a bit of process as far as getting votes to confirm this later this year. I think it's necessary and inevitable for the survival of the Davis Cup. Good and that, news. that is pretty typical across the board from the American players and the captain, Jim Courier. I've heard him say that before. I've heard Patrick McEnroe. Even, you know, you're going back 10 years. I remember speaking to him in Indian Wells 10 years ago and him saying exactly this. This is the sort of competition we need. And this is a team, this is a country like Australia that are fully invested in the Davis Cup they, they're always available um, when it, whenever it comes around so it's a difficult one to, to, to get any sort of unanimity on people have differing views I mean and just to give you an example of some of the views that I was getting on Facebook Dawn Mote says tennis podcast Facebook she says Davis Cup is a unique and wonderful experience for players and fans alike changing it so drastically will ruin it and it won't attract the big players at the end of the season due to injury or exhaustion what about um, Paris in 2017 anyone she says I fear this will kill off the event completely why aren't we just making it a biannual event and reinstating ranking points well, injury and ex- exhaustion, I believe, is a, is a separate issue affecting tennis across the board that needs to be addressed. That is not a Davis Cup-specific issue. It afflicted the Tour Finals, it afflicted, afflicted Paris this year, and it seems to be worsening. So that needs addressing, but I don't. I think that's a separate issue to, to Davis Cup. Personally, my feeling would, would be biannual um, would be ideal, um, yeah, the closer you can get to the Ryder Cup model, frankly, the better. Because as we said in our in our Labour Cup episode, that's that's the dream in terms of turning an individual sport um, into a team sport. But it's more than a team sport, isn't it? Because anyway, that's a, that's one of the interesting things as well. Is from the release, it seemed as though. They're not going to ditch the name Davis Cup altogether, but they're going to replace the actual name of the thing to the World Team Tennis the world, the Finals. The World PK Cup. <laughs> but, I mean, you know, it's not going to be yeah. the Davis Cup. You're going to crown Davis Cup champions, they say. But that that doesn't feel yeah, right to me. I agree. That feels That's baby in bathwater yeah. um, 
for me. Um, I mean, it, I guess it's a it's a minor thing what it's going to be called, but you know, the the Davis Cup as a brand still has great value for me. Um, and they, you know, their slogan is the World Cup of Tennis mm. already, so that yeah. it works. It works, and yeah, I feel like the, the brand, the cup itself, has such value as a as an iconic icon. Um, it, the sport it still represents and means something so to, to do away with that I, I not just a shame sentimentally but I think it would be shooting themselves in the foot there's time for things like that for the finessing around the edges well, though. there's time right. for that to change I, I think I wonder whether in a way the ITF has said right we're doing this to just I mean look look at how it's concentrated everybody's attention now nobody can get away from the fact that something is going to have to change how much is the question and I wonder whether the lobbying that you reference will be to ultimately come to some sort of compromise whereby they say right well we're going to do this and that but we're not going to do all those other things maybe they will keep a first round so that you have home and away in order to get to a finals uh, in November maybe the idea that Simon Briggs reported in the Telegraph of staging this in Singapore which was mooted in his article as something that he thinks that they are considering which you can understand given that the WTA finals is moving away from Singapore that would be a massive problem as far as I'm concerned because it's there there is the hotbed the heartbeat of the Davis Cup in so many ways is in Europe Um, America as I've mentioned is hugely passionate as is Australia I know you can't be close to everywhere if you hold an event like this but Singapore I d- I'm sorry I just yeah, can't right. see the the sort of passion being replicated it's certainly there. not the place to, to st- you need to, if you're going to make changes this sweeping and, and and this swathing and drastic you need to give it every chance of, of being successful um, and it, it sounds like the sort of thing you know that if it builds and builds and, and tennis in Asia builds and builds in the way that people are hoping and projecting fine it might one day survive and, and, and thrive in Singapore but it's damaging its chances of doing so to, to put it in Singapore at this stage for me. And I know, you know, the dollar signs are appealing. You know, <laughs> I'm sure if they're being dangled in front of my nose, I'd, I'd find it. Well, they've got to make this to work. Turn them down. But Catherine, it, it would be short-sighted and short, short-termist, I think, to, to look at it like that and just, just give it every chance of succeeding. They've got, they've got to find a way for this investment to happen this change to happen but in a way that people can stomach in a way that doesn't completely lose what is great about davis cup they've got to be able to maintain enough of it and i would hope that that's possible do you want to know what paul vault says if i wanted to know i would have asked but so the the good i asked for uh four options as to whether you, what you think of um he started doing pole vaults about west brom now yeah, but I don't do those on the official tennis podcast channel. No, I can you if don't. You like. No, you don't. But the, the the official podcast channel is not enough to contain your your insatiable appetite for pole vaults. You're now having to do them about West Brom's relegation situation, which isn't even up for debate, really. Is it? It's still not, time. It's not, still time, Catherine. Nine not, games left. There's not really a broad range of views about whether or not West Brom are going to get relegated. Um, yeah, but the tennis podcast account cannot contain your appetite no. for pole vaults. It's, well. If you're going to go away for four weeks, what am I supposed to do? You know, yeah, I had nobody to talk control, to apparently. about tennis, so I had to, do, you know, do that. Anyway, 26% love the idea of these new changes. 32% hate them. 27% have said, we'll get back to you. 15% have said they don't care. So there you are. Great. What is the point of voting in a poll vote to say, we'll get back to you? I don't have an opinion yet. Well, I'd like to cast my opinion to say, I don't have an opinion yet. Goodness me, let's move on. Okay. Um, Which I one mean, are you? I'm, I'm sure the, I am broadly in favour, not because I, I think everything about it is brilliant, not because there aren't things that make me sad that we'll lose, but I think reform is necessary. I haven't got a broadly in favour option. Yeah, and therein lies the issue with pole vault. It's complete oh. insensitivity, uh, or one of the issues with pole vault, is complete insensitivity to nuance, right. which is at the heart of every good debate. Um, Apart from that, she loves broadly it. Broadly in favour. How about you? Yeah, the same. Broadly in favour, yeah. right. I need to redo the pole vault, <laughs> don't I? <laughs> um, 
We're going to move on. We'll obviously come back to it. This isn't going away. No. Um, especially well, not with Indian Wells coming up. And it's going to be very interesting to see whether Federer does say anything because he's obviously his company is invested in the Labour Cup. Yes. And this is this would obviously become much more of a rival to the Labour Cup than the, the Davis Cup currently is. I mean, in terms of format, it's pretty like for like um, what's being proposed. So, Although it is 18 teams it, over I mean, it's not the same, period. but in, it would... Stand I doubt whether venue. they could both occupy the same space um, at, uh, successfully. Um, so it's going to be very interesting. Mm. Um, and don't forget, are... Marin Cilic's view coming your way, a tennis podcast extra. I spoke to him about other stuff as well, including how he coped and how he recovered from that Wimbledon final defeat. Coming your way. Oh, I, can't, I still can't think about that. I'm glad he's all right about it. but He seems better <laughs> with it than it you. He still haunts me. <laughs> Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hello Tennis Podcast listeners, David here. Now you might know that I love a bit of cooking, and I think I'm quite good at it. But if I'm honest, even I get fed up trying to work out what to do every night. That's where Home Chef comes in. Being able to put together a delicious meal without the long prep and the cook times, well that's pretty cool. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify your cooking experience. They have over 30 options a week and serve a variety of dietary needs so you don't have to worry about what to make ahead of time. Not only is it convenient, but it's economical too. Home Chef customers save an average of $86 per month on groceries. Now, for a limited time, Home Chef is offering tennis podcast listeners 18 free meals plus free dessert for life and, of course, free shipping on your very first box. Go to homechef.com slash tennis. That's homechef.com slash tennis for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. You heard it right. In terms of tennis that's been happening uh, this week, David, Juan Martín del Potro is back in the top ten. I know. Back in the top ten. He's won um, the biggest title since his comeback in Acapulco, uh, 6-4, 6-4, over Kevin Anderson in the final. And that scoreline tells you something, doesn't it? I mean, Kevin Anderson doesn't give matches away. Del Potro, <laughs> he has played well to get that that title. And... Beaten Zverev. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, interesting stuff... Um, I saw on Twitter this week about how how much of a smarter player he's become since he's had to make those changes to his backhand, how much more he was choosing to slice against Verov Because he's had to in- improve that slice backhand so much, he was slicing the backhand more than 80% of the time against Verov, but then completely adapted that um, tactic and, and was hitting over the backhand far more in most of his other matches, including the final, I think. But it's, it's, he's trying to use it as a string to his bow rather than yeah. as, a, as this horrible affliction that's happened to him, which is great. Great. Yes, it is great. And did you see what uh, Alexander Zverev had to say about one Carlos Ferrero? I sure his did. now former coach. I sure did. Well, he said that he um, cast some aspersions on his team members and he had to go. Yeah, he, he said he said some... Disrespectful, disrespectful I think is the things yeah. to all members of my team. And, so and what Ferrero's response is that he questioned his professionalism um, and that he was consistently showing up late to pra- practice uh, and he questioned that and he stands by how he behaved. So... 
the point you made um, on social media, David, was you know it's good to have somebody speak out and you know explain the reasons behind a pretty interesting decision and not just say you know we're consciously uncoupling or whatever it is that That's what <laughs> most Gwyneth people Patrick say Patrick yeah exactly did, but it? you know everything's so damn amicable isn't it um <laughs> when we know things aren't amicable no somebody's annoyed um, yeah exactly yeah, somebody's annoyed tell us about how annoyed you are um so i sort of like that and i don't know what to make of anything i suspect it's sort of six of one and a half dozen of the other it's interesting the questions are being raised, valid or not, about Zverev's professionalism and commitment, because I've only ever heard positives about that, you know, how ruthlessly committed he is to becoming world number one, you know, or almost too tunnel visioned about it, um, and too keen for it all to happen too quickly. So I find that interesting. I don't know how much to read into it because it's he said well, she, she said but and the, the other thing that is hard to fathom as well is anybody who's ever met Juan Carlos Ferreira will tell you what a lovely fella he is yeah. and how softly spoken and understated he is now not to say that he's not ruthless in his own way you don't win French Open titles and get to world number one without having that in you at the same time you know it, it, I, I would imagine let's look at recent results he came up short Zverev in the big events and really that's what Ferreira was brought on in order to to, to influence yeah, and generally speaking that is the role of super coaches isn't, yeah. isn't it yeah and and either I would guess that Zverev hasn't listened right or hasn't done the right things or he has just looked across and he said well this guy's not bringing me anything because I haven't got over the line it's his fault so it's a little bit of a blame game really isn't it it's another super coach off the books though isn't it yeah Hey, Juan Carlos. The trend is dying. I've got a vacancy. Um, Fanini, Fabio Fanini won the title down in Rio, defeated 22-year-old Nicola Jarry. Jarry? Jarry? Yeah, never heard of Jarry him. doesn't sound right, does it? Nicholas Jarry uh, won 6 6 one, six four in the final. Sorry, Fabio, but the biggest story out of Rio uh, this week was the Bulldogs are back. That's ball, B-A-L-L, not, bu- not bulldogs, although bulldogs are great too. Um, the video has been shared widely. Dogs collecting tennis balls, marvellous, should happen everywhere. Um, Roberto Bautista Gut has won his second title of the year in Dubai, in the biggest title of his career, defeated Luca Puy 6-3, 6-4 in the final. He's incrementally inching towards the top ten, David. Yeah, well, he, he, he needed something to getting back out on the court I think after the Davis Cup defeat he had against Cameron Norrie and and actually it just shows something I was talking to Charlie Eccleshare about how how consistent and reliable Batista Agut is on the the sort of run of the mill ATP circuit you put your house on him to always meet his ranking in terms of where he gets to in a tournament but in that Davis Cup spotlight he suffered happens quite a bit and to round up our whirlwind of results, Lisa Shurenko, the very much rarely talked about uh, Ukrainian tennis player, has defended her Acapulco title. She defeated Stephanie Vergula uh, in the final. And also there. Heather Watson won in the doubles there. And Jamie Murray won in the doubles yes, there. Yes, his 20th doubles title alongside Bruno Suarez. Not, not together all 20, but uh, yes, he's won his 20th title and his 350th match overall. Marvellous. And Heather Watson teamed with um, somebody interesting, didn't she? Tatiana Maria. Tatiana Maria, yes. Never never afraid of controversy, Tatiana Maria. Um, so that was the week that was in tennis. What was she done controversial? She, that she, um, she had the match against Elise Cornet at the French Open a couple of years ago where she flat out accused Cornet of cheating afterwards for for calling the trainer on um, for calling the trainer on uh, for cramp um, and claiming it wasn't cramp when she had already said I've got cramp and she she talked about lawyers at the time but I don't think lawyers ever happened but anyway it was agrotastic David you would have loved it I can't believe you missed it Catherine talked about lawyers when I uh, (laughs) claimed uh that it was out when it was actually in. <laughs> which, you, which you really did do, and, and it was she match ended up point. winning for a second time. Um, so that was the week that was in terms of results. Um, there's no shortage of other news and talking points, though. Um, we're not going to linger on all of these, David, but press the buzzer if you want to stop and chat. Where's, 
Yeah, by any of these subjects. I suspect you will about the first no buzzer, one. I can see. <laughs> um, you have to d- devise a makeshift buzzer. Nadal is out of Indian Wells and Miami with a lingering right hip injury, the same right hip injury uh, that caused his retirement against Chilich in Melbourne. We're not going to see him now till the clay. No. It's a worry, isn't it's, it? Well, it is when you, you look at the list of tournaments that he has missed because... It dates back really to the U.S. Open victory of last year. You know, he or I mean, he, he played one or two after that, but you know, he missed out at the O2, of course. Had that injury, came back, looked, I thought, pretty good in Australia for a while, and then he pulled whatever muscle he pulled, and that obviously must be a, a se- more serious injury than we thought because it's the same thing that this flared up again here. He was ready to go in Acapulco. We went all the way there, pulled it in the match or the practice session against Adrian Manorino, and, yeah, he, he's he's out for a bit. And we, we talked about it in our questions uh, podcast of, of, of last week about whether he might be better served skipping this time of year and getting fully prepared for the clay. Well, he didn't have this in mind. We were talking about whether he might do that voluntarily. And... At the same time, if he can fully convalesce, rehab, come out firing, I mean, imagine if he's absolutely fresh on the clock. Like a caged caged bull. Could go either way, couldn't it? Yeah, well, the problem is he loves to play tennis, Nadal, and he needs to play tennis. He doesn't do so well when he comes into events without uh, without, uh, the backup of matches behind him. So he needs to be feeling good and ready early on he needs to come into the season feeling good he, I don't think he's going to want to play himself in the thing with that though Catherine is Nadal is older now and I, I'm not sure that he can get away with this business of just playing week after week and loving the intensity of matches and and relying on that for rhythm and, and that for success I think he's going to have to rein it in a bit he's going to have to play less he's going to have to do more like what Federer has been doing I think the fact that he is not playing Indian Wells Miami ultimately might give him the best chance of winning big again at the French Open and Wimbledon I think he, I think his body is probably telling him something now yeah, I'm sure he doesn't feel that way right now. I mean, Nadal loves to play tennis, doesn't he? He loves to, to get matches. He's probably like a, a caged animal. Good luck to his nearest and dearest trying to, <laughs> trying to cope with a Rafael Nadal that's being prevented from, from playing tennis by circumstance. But, you know, Roger Federer's pre-Australian Open 2017 layoff, that six-month, the biggest chunk, that was enforced... Um, and it was the, the best thing that could possibly have, have happened to him. I know the the French Open, the, the missing out the clay, that was an elective layoff. But he learnt about the benefits of extended layoffs from the, the, the enforced layoff. So it could be. I mean, we don't know. We don't know. Um, there's, I mean, some of, some of the unknowns in tennis are... Um, men's tennis in particular are really exciting and you know for a podcast that loves to speculate it's great but there's just so many aren't there I mean he's not the only one out of out of Indian Wells it's, it's a long long list Goffin poor Goffin hit oh, in the no. eye I mean, I mean that guy how I mean it was the French Open wasn't it last year that he fell over the yeah. tarpaulin at the back of the corner and put him out for months I think he needs to get in the gym and just weigh more your eye up. Wait, I just don't like that he weighs less than me <laughs> <laughs> eat some pies, David. <laughs> eat some pies and I'll eat fewer pies and we'll see where we are in a few months. <laughs> um, yeah, he's out of he's out of Indian Wells um, and he's also pulled out of Belgium's um, forthcoming Davis Cup tie because he anticipates needing to go home and see a doctor um, after Miami, which is a little bit odd. There's, I mean, there's also... The, that, that is just another reason why the current format is a is a problem. Yeah, it you, you know, is, you yeah. can be playing a, a, a series of tournaments and you're about to change services and then suddenly maybe you've got another surface change in the middle of it all for Davis Cup and it, it's it's problematic. Yeah, uh, who else is missing? Songa, Vavrinka Murray, obviously the, the, the usuals, Gasquet. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, a, it's a shame. And, uh, but it's also a massive opportunity for somebody Huge. to go on a Kyle Edmund type run win a win a big first round match draw opens up and who knows you Huge. could have a new name to deal with big opportunity for Del Potro as well coming in uh, to Indian Wells off the back of a win in Acapulco confidence game at an all-time high since his since his comeback or his latest comeback um, huge opportunity for him top 10 player 
Yeah, I mean, you wonder where it's going to end up for Juan Martín Del Potro in many ways, don't you? Because he is just—he's got the pedigree. Yeah, he, he seems fresh. It's—I mean, you know, and he probably, when, we, when we talk about opportunities, could one? I mean, Juan Martín Del Potro could—could could he win a Slam this year? Of course, I, I, mean, I think we're in anything's possible territory for this year. I think he absolutely could. Yeah, he could win the U.S. I Open. Mean, so somebody said the other it's, day. It's hard to see him winning. The French, because of what's required physically, um, Wimbledon, because it's grass. Although he is a an Olympic bronze medalist and so semi finalist, but he's been the USA. So much of it feels to me about how fresh he is. And I mean, so, somebody was saying, I think John Wertham on Twitter, if if Nadal is injured. Is Roger Federer the favourite for the French Open? <laughs> Roger know. Federer, who's probably less than 50-50 to even play the French Open. Yeah. He probably is. I mean, I'd love to see what happens to, to the odds. If I, I mean, I guess we won't know. Uh, yeah, there's not going to be... By the time we know about Nadal, we'll probably also know about Federer. So there's not going to be a period w- where that scenario could, of speculation could play out. But goodness me there's a lot of unknowns is is the bottom line Um, what there isn't what there aren't any unknowns about David is any longer uh, is uh, what happened to or he was responsible for what happened to Jeannie Bouchard at the US Open 2015 because a a US civil court has found that the USTA was 75% liable for the injuries she sustained in a slip and fall in the changing rooms thereafter, a mixed doubles match in the US Open 2015, and therefore they have been ordered to pay 75% of uh, what the court determined her lost earnings um, as a result of that injury would be. Now, that settlement, uh, that fee, that figure is undisclosed, uh, but what we hear, David, is that it's probably pretty darn big. Well, the fact is I've heard reports of figures speculating between three million dollars and thirty million dollars three zero now those I've are got to bring more lawsuits and those are very much remember uh, when i fell down the stairs at queen's david yes but that was your own fault, <laughs> it was um, my own fault. <laughs> those are uh, uh, very much uh, speculative um numbers at the same time one of them john wertheim spoke to a number of sources and he said that he feels from what he's hearing that it is at least what Flavia Panetta would have taken home from winning the title more than that and she would have won three million um as you said it's a question of 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 lost earnings and that in itself is just a completely speculative figure because who knows how well she would have done I'm sure she would and her people would have been arguing well you know a year before she was a Grand Slam finalist, and she'd reached two semi-finals of Slams. And yeah, you know, I mean, lost earnings on the uh, for that period on the basis of what she's done this this year would be pitiful. Um, but yeah, I mean, we don't even know whether they brought endorsements into that. Presumably, they did, although there were no endorsements that were. I, I mean, who we, we don't know. But, it's, um, but certainly, it's her a endorsement figure. income is it dwarfs her playing income um, because she's now ranked outside the world's top 100 um, she continues to get wild card she's got one into Indian Wells um, and she tweeted one of the most stupid things I've ever seen someone tweet this week what was that? she after oh, the after the lawsuit news uh, she tweeted thanks to juror number 5 juror number 6 juror number 5 uh, for wishing me a happy birthday on your way out of the court uh, love you Heart you, I heart you. Was it yes, love or that's heart? Right, heart. And, so uh, the sentiment yeah. is 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 not the most that. sensible thing you can. Not the most sensible. Write to somebody on social media for the world's eyes to see when that person has just judged your um, settlement figure, in or what, at least your, certainly your, in a in a criminal case in the UK, which I realise it was a civil case, not in the UK. So that is outside my. Uh, realms of knowledge in a criminal case in the UK that would be grounds certainly to file a motion for a mistrial um, now I, d- I believe that hasn't happened as far as I know she's got away with it but goodness me that's a silly thing to do yes uh, I, I think brain was not put into gear particularly well at that and that it moment. stayed up there for an hour it took yeah. her, her people you would imagine somebody because initially she somebody said to her what on earth are you doing you know um, and she said, well, she railed against whoever was criticising her and said, oh, that was something that was said in court. It's not me who's bringing it up. Um, and 
as you say, within 20 minutes, the whole tweet had been deleted because somebody had clearly said to her, you know, you're asking for trouble. What right do we there. think about uh, the wild card, the Indian Wells wild card, or the persistent wild cards that she receives? Well, oh, look, I realise she is a Grand Slam finalist. She's a multiple Grand Slam semi-finalist. She's a former top 10 player. But it's been a long time since she's been any of those things, anywhere near those things, or shown promise of getting back to being and near look, those there things. There are other Grand Slam semi finalists and finalists who have not had that degree of leeway when it comes to wild cards from tournaments over the years. She is getting that partly because of her celebrity status, the fact that she has an enormous social media following. She gave Taylor Swift a wild card. The, the, fact, the fact that she is, uh, I mean, look. She has been there and done it, so that is partially explaining that. But when does that run out, that goodwill, that ability to to turn celebrity into invitations when you're ranked 116 in the world and just not winning tennis matches at all? I I would have thought this can't go on for much longer. Barack Obama, 80.1 million Twitter followers. He likes tennis. Yeah, he does like tennis. He'd, He'd get you some coverage. Yep. Yeah, so go well, for it. I'm, Something to think about. Ellen well, DeGeneres, 63.8 million. I, do you know what, what What we'll do? is we, Britney Spears, 49.3. She played some tennis this week. This, barefoot this, in this Las Vegas. rematch we need to have, I think we might make it into a tournament and make it invitation only for the highest followed, most followed people in the world on Twitter and us. Do you think us. Kim Kardashian West would attend? She's yes. got 49.3 she'd million. Be, she'd be front row. She'd she needs ready to fill her it. days, doesn't she? So... so. Um, I think I could beat her. (laughs) (laughs) Fighting to walk from David Law. Um, Serena Williams uh, hasn't been playing tennis this week, uh, but she has uh, announced a marvellous partnership with UNICEF uh, off the back of her talking so candidly about what she went through in her pregnancy. You know, her saying, uh, I I nearly died uh, as a result of the complications in... uh, uh, during her the, the birth of her daughter, the, the various blood clots and DVTs, um, and had she not had the access to the expensive top-level healthcare that she did have access to, she could well have died. So she um, has now made it one of her um, missions to uh, ensure that um, mothers and newborn children's children of of every level of, of income and advantage and disadvantage have access to... Um, a certain standard of pre and postnatal healthcare because that absolutely shouldn't um, be something that's a, a luxury means tested um, thing in life. So well done, Serena. Um, Patrick Moratoglu, her still coach, he's not been doing much coaching of her recently, but he's still her coach. Uh, he's been doing a lot of chatting, as always. Oh, he loves a chat. <laughs> he loves a chat. Um, he's been chatting to the WTA website this week saying he thinks Serena will be, quote, back to her best by the French Open, which is a big claim, isn't it? Because Serena's best is the very, very best. Yeah. and It's the best there's ever been. I... I question whether that is going to happen. I, re- I, I don't think that is that is going to happen. Now, people may listen to this and say, well, Roger Federer is the best male tennis player that's ever walked the earth, and, and he came out after six months off and won the Australian Open. But there's a very big difference in the way their games are constructed. I know that he has a similarly devil-may-care type of approach to the game, but he has a natural s- margin for error and safety to his ground strokes with all the top spin he puts on the ball that dips inside baselines Serena doesn't have that when it's on it is unplayable she is still the best tennis player on the planet if she plays her best tennis tennis it doesn't matter who she's against but you know it's a, it's all about knocking the other person off the court Evident, the, the margin for error point is evidenced by how much she dislikes the wind isn't mm, it remember yeah. in Auckland uh, yes. last year and she played that absolute horror show of, of a match um and, and just said, I'm never coming back to Auckland, yeah. it's too and windy. When her game is off, the, the error count is incredibly high. And so I, I just, I'd be surprised with that type of game if she's able to just come out and immediately turn it on. Um, I think it's going to take a bit of time. Question for you, David. Um, have you ever considered uh, taking out four billboards uh, wherever you like? to declare uh, that uh, your lovely wife Gorana 
is the greatest mama of all time? Not so and far. And if, so, if not, why not? Well, budgetary constraints are definitely part of that. Part of it. Is, is, that the, is, is finance is the only thing holding you back? Because I reckon we can, find, we can find a way, David. Another Kickstarter. Help David pay tribute to, to his <laughs> wife's parenting skills. The other thing holding Every me man back, should be able to do it. The other thing holding me back is that if I did it, I, I think I would run from my <laughs> wife because she would not like it at all. What are we talking about, I hear you ask? This cannot be real. Alexis Ohanian, uh, the devoted husband of Serena Williams, has um, t- paid for four billboards, uh, must be... Uh, in Florida, where they live, I presume it must be local to them. I thought it was in California and Calif- Indian Wells. Oh yeah, right. Oh blimey. Maybe it's not. I don't know. Uh, you can't tell from the pictures where they are. Certainly in public. Can confirm they are in public. Four of them uh, bearing big pictures of both Serena and her fantastically cute daughter Alexis. Um, the first one bears the word greatest. Second, mama. Uh, third, of all time. And the final one, Serena Williams, G-M-O-A-T. Greatest mama of all time. Oh, I think it's quite cute, to be honest. Oh, it's adorable. It is bananas, <laughs> but it is, it is adorable. Do you know, I, th- I think if, you are, if you've got that much money and you've got Serena Williams as your wife and the mum of your kid... You probably feel like you need to go pretty big if you're going to impress her. Oh, he's definitely gone big. Yeah. yeah. It's, I, I it's, would imagine. It's bold. Do you think it was a surprise? Because if not, that he's got to be confident Sorry. that she's going to enjoy that as a gesture. That would be where I would be put, drawing the line myself. Because uh, if I got that wrong, uh, which I think I would if I did it, um, <laughs> I'm not too sure. I love I'd the like way the we're reaction. actually talking about a world in which David Law might take out some billboards oh. to... <laughs> Anything declare, can happen. I, I'm, declare know, Gorner the GMOAT. Which he is, but I'm still, <laughs> I'm still not sure that that's going to be my Well, you can have move. it out with Alexis Ohanian. Yeah. Well, yeah, I'm not arguing with her either. Anyway, it's lovely. A completely harmless, lovely, sweet gesture. Love the sentiment. I do think it's completely bananas. <laughs> but good luck to them in their, in their bananasness. Celebrities quite often are bananas aren't they 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 you know we don't live on the same planet as these people um that's how they get where they are isn't it is it by being bananas a bit yeah you know coming up with these amazing ideas i think you're confusing chicken and egg there reddit and all that whatever well you're right i mean there is quite a strong argument that every sort of ridiculously high achieving person has to be a bit bananas and I think there is quite a lot in that. And someone who's prepared see, to just go See big. Oscar dresses circa, well, circa any time, but yeah. um, Salma Hayek turned up dressed as a loo roll holder. That was strange. Um, Gabini Magrutha played it safe in black. She was at the Oscars. Yeah, she was. And as was Grigor Dimitrov, although not at the actual ceremony. He was at a pre-Oscars party. Right. I think maybe that might be an incentive for him to win a slam, that he gets invited to the main event. I don't know how it works. I mean, that must be how it works. If she is there, it must be about slam. Federer's been before, isn't it? Yeah, he's one of you. I haven't seen Marin Cilic there. Lost in the post his invite. <laughs> Maybe. Do you think Peter Cord has been? <laughs> I haven't seen him. But then I haven't been there because I haven't won anything. Peter Calder, have you been to the Oscars? Uh, right. How does it work? If you, anybody knows out there how you get an Oscars invite, we want to know. Um, what else have we got? We've got uh, the Sports Illustrated Swimsuit Edition, which I'm not going to dwell on for very long uh, because it doesn't deserve to be because it's a complete tone-deaf irrelevance uh, in 2018. Um, and I was hoping to, to completely um, be uh, cushioned and cosseted from its existence this year, what with being in Pyeongchang, but alas, I was still exposed to the horror of it. Um, and, and look, it's nothing new, is it? seeing Caroline Wozniacki naked on a beach. She sadly. wasn't in it this year, was she? Wozniacki? No, she wasn't in it this year. Jeannie yes. Bouchard and Sloane Stevens. Are you sure she wasn't in it? Yeah. Well, I mean, that's something. Or at least that wasn't on the tweets I saw. Um, Jeannie Bouchard naked on a beach then. I've seen someone naked on a beach. Yeah, well, she definitely was. And um, Sloane Stevens was And, you know, it's well. nothing new. What, what did make me choke a bit on whatever pretty ghastly food I was eating uh, in the uh, in the Olympics canteen uh, was Stone Stevens claiming that the whole experience was empowering now she may have felt Maybe empowered felt by that. it and that's that's nice for her but it is not objectively empowering 
Not if she thinks And it she is. is disempowering other women by... Do- or, well, not her... Pers- I mean, she is, but I don't hold her responsible. I hold the people that produce the whole thing responsible. But the whole thing, she might feel personally empowered, but the existence of the Sports Illustrated Swimsuit Edition, a professional athlete being pictured naked on a beach for the for the benefit of the almost entirely male readership is disempowering for women fact sam crow's engaged david the sound you're hearing is those of hearts breaking the world over go on sam (laughs) sam Sam is getting married and uh, is he married already or is he just getting married he's getting married he's getting married he's getting married the reason we the reason we sort of um, take a a sharp intake of breath is because it has been a largely chronicled um, journey it's been a very public plight to find a lady friend uh, willing to spend her life with with him Um, yeah he failed what was that show that he was on he failed uh, to find the love of his life via millionaire matchmaker shock horror who'd have thought that a TV dating show wasn't the way to, f- to find your betrothed. Yeah. Um, Mark Philippus has tried something Age of like Love, that. yeah. Age of Love and was And he's, he's happily married with a, with a lovely child. And yeah. not the person that he met on that show. Not the, 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 not the woman that he ended up taking home to meet his mum on that show. I believe he actually had to take home both an older and a younger lady um, to meet his mum on the final the episode. called a cougar? Or something. Uh, not her in 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 particular. That an older lady <laughs> in a romantic forum can be referred to as a cougar. Oh, I, I don't know what the word for it for a younger lady is. A reverse cougar. Anyway, Mark Philippoussis was pre- presented with a bevy of younger women, bevy of older women. Had to narrow the, narrow it down to one of each. You know, chicken or fish on the plane, and uh, took took both of them home to meet his mum. She informed his decision. He picked one. Can't remember which one. I don't think she she hung around for long. Um, and uh, now he's married to someone else, and the rest is history. And he's he's very happy. And he's a lovely bloke, is Mark. He's so a lovely bloke. Delighted. And never has anyone been more happy to be a father than Mark Philippus is. His son is an absolute bruiser, though. I think he was in sort of size five clothing when he was two. Age five clothing. Good lad. Yeah, coming to a tennis tour near you soon. Um, Roger Federer and Serena Williams won awards at the Laureus Sports Awards last night. That's nothing new. They both won before Federer now, the most decorated Laureus Awards winner of all time. He won two last night. One was the comeback of the year. The other one, like elderly sports person of the year, something like that. (laughs) Something... the, the Federer, you're great, and, and everyone's and told old. you that a million times already today. Yeah, Federer, you're old and great award. Um, and the ATP are reporting uh, on their website that the Laureus website crashed at exactly the moment Federer received his awards. Therefore, Federer was responsible for that, and he's sort of broken the internet. Well, that's very specific corner of the internet. It's interesting, isn't it? Because usually if you bring a website down, you're usually in some sort of trouble, aren't you? For, for putting pressing the wrong is buttons. never in trouble. You know, but... Cool. Yeah, he's loving that. Uh, and Carl Edmund is loving life as the new British number one. The new world number 24, career high ranking, but the new British number one usurping Andy Murray, who reigned supreme for 12 years. 12 yeah. years he's not it's even long, that old time. it's a long time he's th- what is he 30 years old Andy Murray and uh, yeah he's it shows how consistent he's been how shallow the, f- the field behind him has been over that period of time that nobody's managed to, to catch him up and overtaken him um, and look we, we have to say that one of the main reasons that Carl Edmund has overtaken him is because Andy Murray is injured um, and has been out of the game for most of the last year that having been said it's another indication of how how well Edmund has done to get into the mid-20s, 24 in the world. It's, it's about what I thought his career high would end up being a year ago. Um, so he's, al- he's already done that. He's obviously going to go higher, I think, now. I didn't think he would ever get to a Grand Slam semi. I was proven wrong. And now I think the sights shift quite, quite considerably. I think he can look at the future... And, and I think if he's sensible, he'll, try, he'll not look too hard at it. He's got to just keep doing what he's been doing, frankly. But I feel that he is capable in this era where there's a lot of instability of making more Grand Slam semis, certainly at the French Open. Yeah, his favourite slam. 
yeah. his favourite slam. And um, you, you use the comparison with Jim Currie, don't you? Similar game, yeah. yes, the sport's changed, but... Um, you know, a couple of French Open titles for Courier. Um, that's the model he's got to be working on. I'm not predicting two Kyle Edmund French Open titles, but those are the, that's the sort of game and set of results that can give Kyle Edmund belief, yeah. I think. Um, he's going to be travelling to the French Open in some style, isn't he? He is. He's got a new deal. That's what these players do when they get into the top 20s in the world. They get a deal. And this one's with British Airways, so he's going to be an ambassador for British Airways. Which I have to say I saw coming, because I saw um, upon his return home, his big homecoming after that extraordinary run to the semi-finals in Melbourne, I saw a big picture of him on Twitter, um, flanked by being welcomed home by British Airways, flanked by some stewardesses, everyone looking delighted. And I thought... There's a deal to be done here. <laughs> he's perfect, isn't he? Um, and, I mean, he's got a pretty switched-on team around him. Lawrence Frankopan is his agent. I had a chat with him in Australia. It was, he had a very clear idea of, of how Kyle Edmund needs to be partnered by brands over the years to come. And, and things that fit his personality and I think that that's really key for somebody like Carl Edmund it's very easy to sign up to whoever's offering the most money and getting them to to do things that they feel thoroughly uncomfortable with they won't do that with Carl Edmund and I think that's for the better it's a safe pair of hands on both sides isn't it Um, you know what you're getting with BA you know what you're getting with Carl Edmund he's not anything other than what he is he doesn't pretend to be anything and um, yeah he's he's not going to get caught in any um Scrapes. Scandals, is he? No, don't think so. Um, which, which is a very unintended but excellent segue into my last item, which is about Dan Evans, um, <laughs> who um, has been sort of cautiously uh, welcomed back-ish into the LTA fold. They've said, uh, of course, that they condone, uh, condemn goodness me condemn any form of doping um but they say that dan has shown dan of course uh, is 11 months in or 10 11 months into a one-year ban for testing positive for cocaine last year um they say he's shown genuine commitment to getting his tennis career back on track that ban expires uh, on the 24th of april incidentally um they say that he's reflected on his experience and would like to support the lta's anti-doping education program great um they say they've offered him a structured program in sports science and medicine um, and that their support will be entirely dependent on non-negotiable commitment to ongoing monitoring. Those are the official words. What uh, Russell Fuller of the BBC is reporting um, is that at the end of last year, he was perhaps not in the best shape mentally and physically, so he's giving himself a time limit for getting back into shape. I can only assume four months is enough. It sounds like a tight schedule to me, um, but maybe he needs. Maybe he's the sort of guy. People are different, aren't they? Some people need deadlines to to kick themselves into gear. So maybe he's that yeah. kind of guy. I, I just I, hope it's enough time. I always thought that would be a problem. Is is what do you do to fill the time? And can you can you just keep on training if you don't have an obvious reason to train or an end game to it? And whilst I think he's a naturally fit guy, I he he's an athlete. Um, I think the. The stability of the body is is a big question mark, the core and all that sort of thing. The injury prevention, is he going to be able to go straight back into it at the intensity you need to play the sport? I mean, you know, he's going to be playing some pretty small events, but that doesn't mean against rubbish tennis players. I I was at that final in Shrewsbury in the Futures where you've got players ranked in the 400s and they were just belting the ball at each other they were flying all over the court there was there was so much adrenaline and intensity out there it is not that different it's a different level of ability but goodness me uh, he's got a long road ahead as Dan he can do it he's good enough but it's a long road ahead and he likes his time in Solihull does Dan who wouldn't oh well there you go um, and uh, we believe he's training at the Edgebaston Priory which is where they hold the, the WTA event very perfectly good facility but he is going to struggle um, if he wants to train up there to find the, the, the level of opponent necessary to get himself in the sort of match fitness so it'll be interesting to see whether he 
does take up the offer of, of training uh, at the National Tennis Centre. Russell Fuller, a BBC tennis correspondent, reports that he understands uh, that Dan could have had the opportunity to train with Andy Murray for part of December had he shown greater interest. Well, he's obviously you know done that that New Year thing of going right. New Year is January. You know, now's the time. <laughs> yes, we've got experience. And that, yeah, we, we we all do that. Yes, resolutions. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, start playing some tennis yes. again. Yes. Get fit. Stop eating pies. <laughs> Go to gym. Um, so that's Dan Evans. Look, I mean, it, I don't know. It's, I'm looking forward to him coming back because I love watching him play tennis. I, that that comes with caveats. I I'm, you know, desperately disappointed in him, him and all of and all of that. But he's a joy to watch play tennis. I was going to say. I mean, you. Yes, I mean, I ultimately feel the same. I enjoy watching him play tennis. As a, as a person, I, I like him. Um, but, you know, let's not forget what he did. Um, yeah. And it, it, it is a problem. And, and he needs to work his way back the hard way. And you haven't missed him giving you a hard time about West Brom, have you, on Twitter? Particularly not An this unintended season. excellent consequence of his social media amnesty <laughs> is that... <laughs> oh, there have been plenty of other people making up for it, I tell you. I've been getting it from all Dan, angles. Dan, worry not. David is getting a hard time for the... Would, would poor run of form be the, be the world's biggest you're, understatement? You're being generous. I'm being generous, yeah. yeah. Absolute uh, mid-season collapse of West Bromwich Albion. All right. <laughs> <laughs> on and off the pitch um, ok then David's going to go and uh, weep into his latte uh, which leaves me only to tell you that we David and I will be back next week David and Marin Tillich will be back sooner than that uh, with our tennis podcast extra it really is a good interview um as, as we explained earlier in the pod, Chilich is really punchy on the Davis Cup. So if you're interested in in uh, that whole topic of debate and it is going to be around in tennis for a long time, uh, check out what Marin Chilich has to say about it and other things. Lovely chat, Marin. Uh, and then Dave and I will be back uh, next week, next Monday, with more tennis-based chat. Uh, we've been the Tennis Podcast, brought to you in association with The Telegraph and with Eurosports and with La Manga of Catherine's forehand fame. Uh, of course, also with Menly Bowes, with Triple S and with TennisBalls.com, our three executive producers, and with Charlie the Ferret, new owner of Ferret Couture. Yeah, he's got the outfit. He is pumped. He has got a little tennis racket all of his own. He's got a little tennis podcast T-shirt that he's been wearing. And he's got a sleeping bag. This is courtesy of a collaboration between um, David's fantastically talented wife, Gorana, and ferretcouture.co.uk yeah. which is a thing it's a thing <laughs> and it's kitted him out he's raring to go I think I think that sort of effort David is worthy of you perhaps uh, stomping up the cash for some kind of billboard flexibility is great that's why there's yoga flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too that's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 